Well, hi everyone, and welcome back to Crosswires. It's James here, and today we're going to be looking at a topic that, although I will never probably be able to drive myself, the only way I'm going to be able to be able to have a car is through the evolution of this technology. And you know, we look at electric vehicles, in particular, sort of on the consumer side. We've got a wonderful guest actually coming back to join us, though in a different capacity. So, would you all please welcome back to the show, Alex Lowe? Hi, James. It's good to be back. Yeah, really nice to have you. It doesn't feel that long either, does it? No, it's been a few weeks. Yeah, about, maybe about a month. Not sure. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> In this capacity, you're not coming to us from Hostify. You're coming to us from your own publication, The Interface. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about The Interface and what sort of things you cover? Yeah, so I've been running that website for about, oh, got to be nine years now. Nearly, might well, be getting on for ten years next year. So it's it's been a long time uh, been running that website. It's had two different names um, over the years, but the the uh, sort of the brand at the moment is is the interface, so that's a bit more professional going forward. I started off covering Apple News. That was sort of a big hobby of mine uh, at the time when I started it. Uh, I sort of delved into Ubiquiti a little bit. That's my area of expertise, and and more lately electric cars as well. So that's that's the topic for today. So yeah, we cover electric electric car news, sort of standard car news and then networking and anything to do with tech really so excellent so do go and check out the interface we'll make sure there's a link in the show notes as well you know for all your news i know you post quite heavily on uh, linkedin as well which is great to see um yeah i i forget linkedin is technically a social network you know i think a lot of people just use it for job searching or professional stuff but it is a good way to network so yeah i did i did used to post all the articles on facebook and instagram but i stopped using those a little while ago um so it's just just twitter and linkedin now Seems to be fine. I think we're looking at doing some more Instagram stuff, but I just, just on principle, I don't want it as I want as little to do with Facebook as I possibly can. That's just kind yeah. of my my stance. Yep. So, I mean, the first question I'm going to ask because it is the first thing everyone probably thinks of when we say the word electric vehicles or electric cars is Tesla. Yeah, definitely. Sort of, it's sort of the original starter for electric cars, really. Uh, sort of, or the modern era. Um, Sort of think make they made electric cars popular really. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they seem to be doing pretty well. Um, there's some setbacks, some of their models still. I mean, they announced the um, semi truck back in 2017. That hasn't. No one's got one yet, so it's quite a while. And same with the Roadster as well. Um, that no one's got that yet. So there's some delays with that stuff. And then they have got the the Cybertruck, which is supposed to come out in 2023. Now Elon Musk has said. So quite a delay, and the Cybertruck is an interesting one. It's a very odd design, you know. Certainly compared with you know like the Model Three, the Model S. Uh, I have to admit, I I do have trouble. Obviously, apart from maybe the Model X, but I have trouble telling all the Teslas apart because it's not like there's a big. Unless my eyesight is that bad, but I've missed it. There's not a big sticker on them that says Model S, Model Three, Model. Well, yeah, the Model Three. Nowhere on that card is actually set to Model Three, apart from I think in the door sills. So there's no badging on it at all to say, oh, look here, I'm on my Model 3. It's quite minimalist. Yeah, and I do I do love the design of Teslas. I, But one thing that really, I, again, if I was in a situation where I can have one, but one thing that does generally put me off is the lack of Apple CarPlay. Yeah, I think there was some discussion with that because of what was announced at uh, WWDC the other week, um, that whole new CarPlay and screen they've got. I think Tesla, the whole point of that is to have is if the traditional car companies, their software generally isn't quite as good. Um, so I think with Tesla, they, they it's and the same with Rivian, they sort of are software-centric. It, it, yeah, it might need it, it might not. I think having seen one in action, 
I don't think it really needs it, but it is it is a little bit of a downside for some people. So, I guess you you hit me on the head there. If a software is bet is good enough and does all the things that CarPlay can do, you don't necessarily need it. Whereas you look at, say, for example, your typical, let's say, VW Golf or BMW. Historically, the media center has been a bit lackluster. Yeah, and CarPlay comes along and really revitalizes that and. I don't know about you, but even as a non-driver, I'm excited by the next, what the next generation of CarPlay looks like. Yeah, it looks looks amazing. What well, one thing people notice is that all the screenshots were um were they were centric around a a gas like a, a petrol powered car. So there was a lot of fuel gauges on the on the screen. So it wasn't like it was going to be focused towards EVs straight away. It was going to be inclusive for every, for every vehicle, I think, to start with. But yeah, it looks quite exciting. That's really cool because I thought, you know, EVs are getting, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about, is we are getting more accessible. But the reality is we are still going to have gas and diesel, uh, petrol and diesel cars for for quite a while. I don't think most bans on the sale don't start until 2030, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the the full the full um, ban in the UK and some other countries have now followed suit. We've been quite a, and usually for our country, we've been quite a leader in that space. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, 20, 2030 onwards, it will be that no vehicles that are combustion only can be sold. And then at the moment, it's 2035 onwards is when everything has to be electric only. So from that five-year gap between 30 and 35, some hy- hybrid models can be sold. Right, okay. So we're not. So it's not a straight jump to EV. It is you can still sell hybrids in that five-year gap. Yep. One question for you, I don't know if you will know this, does that just apply to new car sales or does that also encompass used car sales as well? So yeah, it's quite a common misconception about this big ban that's going to happen. It's only affecting brand new cars that are sold. So if you've got a classic car or whatever, as long as you still get the fuel for it, you can drive that as long as you want. So at the moment, who knows what's going to happen in 50 years' time, whatever. But it's not going to affect any used car sales. So people who still want a petrol car can get one. Because my, my dad's diesel, Vauxhall Vectra diesel. I say not Vectra, it's an Insignia. Sorry, wow, I'm really showing my age. <laughs> I was about to say Cavalier as well then. Um, <laughs> Vauxhall Insignia diesel. Yep. 200, over 250,000 miles on it, and it's still running great. You know? Yeah. So his point of view is, why would I change it? Let's talk then. So we talked a little bit about Tesla. Let's talk about some of the EV makers that we haven't maybe heard of in terms of, you know, when we think of the big names like Volvo, uh, Volkswagen, um, you know, Citroen and um, Vauxhall. Yep. And, you know, other companies. But there are other EV makers in the same sort of category as Tesla who've either never made combustion cars or are, you know, very much pivoting wholly to EV. Yeah, so there's some interesting companies that have come out of this whole revolution. There's, obviously, we mentioned Polestar earlier. So that's a sub-brand of Volvo and is sort of encompassed by Geely. Um, so they've got purely electric models. That's all they're going to make. They're not going to make anything, anything petrol-powered. So that, that is kind of in that class as well. We've also got some... Also, Geely is Smart as well. I know Smart have always been... They've they were they came out twenty I think twenty five years ago I think and it's always been that those little cars with small engines and sort of city runabouts they've completely stopped making all combustion cars now and they're only going to make electric cars going forward so they've they've got um, a new SUV that will be available and you can order it this December apparently and so do you think we'll see the return of those smart cars but in EV form yeah that so past few years those little smart cars have been EV only 
um, but they've they've stopped making everything you know you know about their model lineup and got a brand new car. So we'll have to be interested to see if they go back to their roots with small little city cars. But yeah, because I could see Vels forming honestly forming a fleet in like a not an Uber fleet, but like a you know a car share fleet, particularly in crowded cities. In mm. you know, I take London as a prime example where parking yeah. you have to be some sort of wizard to park in London. I would imagine. But when you've maybe got a fleet of these cars, just like, okay, I want to nip over to, say, Ikea. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's also some uh, Chinese car companies that have um, come out of come out of nowhere, basically. There's there's a new company called Aura. So their logo is an exclamation point. And that's owned by a company called um, Great Wall. And they've got they've got a load of brands underneath them. But that, that car is sort of ID3 sized. It's going to be about 25 grand. And it'll come out, I think you can order it, you could you could order it in December last year, and I think it will come out soon. Um, so that's that looks quite an interesting little car. Um, and also, there's a company called Maxus, which I'm not entirely sure what company they're owned by, but they've got a load of um, commercial vehicles that's coming out as well. So, yeah, there's some there's some new companies coming out. So we're starting to definitely see more more in the all EV space from you know different companies, which is really exciting. Um, mm. And I think when you said about twenty five thousand, well, that's starting to get towards a reasonable price point for a new car, you know. And that is something we're going to talk about a little bit more detail later in the episode. But traditionally, you know, people are put off from EVs because of the price point, and the price point is expensive. Correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously there's a fair amount of cost in the battery tech. Yeah, there seem there seems to be Robert Llewellyn from Fully Charged. Yeah, he did a breakdown of the Corsa E when it came out. Um, at least I think it was him. Um, and the the standard Corsa, the petrol one, is like twenty thousand, I think. And then the electric one's thirty. There isn't that much stuff in there that's going to warrant ten grand extra. Um, so it's partly the development cost, I think, because it's at the moment it's a low level, low volume vehicle uh, in relation to everything else they make. And also maybe there's a bit of sort of hesitation to push everyone towards EVs at the moment. I from those couple of companies, I'm not. In, it's purely speculation, but I'm not entirely sure. I think you might be right. Um, might be right there. There's certainly, and that kind of brings us into our next topic: is the traditional car makers. You've mentioned the Corsa. Um, so for our yep. American listeners, we should probably explain that the Corsa is an, a lovely little small car by uh, Vauxhall, who on who are in Europe, Opel, and who are they still? Is that whole group still owned by GM? No, that's interesting. So the very start of the pandemic, uh, sort of January 2020, GM sold Opel Vauxhall, basically. They sold it to uh, the co- the company that owns Peugeot and Citroën. Okay. And there was a lot of shuffling that went on at that time. So the company that owned Citroën and Peugeot was was called PSA. They they owned Citroën, Peugeot, and uh, DS. So th- th- at that time, they formed a new company called Stellantis and, f- and merged FCA and all the... Citroen brands into one massive company, and they they now own Vauxhall, Opel, Jeep, um, Fiat as well, and Chrysler. It's this huge company. So they, if you go out and buy a Vauxhall now, it's basically a, it's basically a Peugeot underneath. Which is incredible when you think about the sort of competition we used to have yeah. between like the French-made cars and you know something like a Vauxhall, oh, good old Vauxhall Cavalier or a Vauxhall Astra. My dad's had many Vauxhalls in his his, his time. But to think, you know, again, that we're all merging. And it's the same thing, you know, when we look at other car groups like the uh, the Volkswagen Audi group, who are 
Okay, I'm going to try and remember this off the top of my head, so correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, Audi. Bugatti is one I didn't realise we were in that group. It is, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, Volkswagen, obviously. Skoda. And yep. Seat, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and they've also got um, Lamborghini, Porsche, and um, and there's some sort of deal got on between... Um, oh, what's that company called? Rimac. Rimac. So Rimac, another, another company that make electric supercars. And Rimac is now half-owned by Bugatti and... Porsche, I think there's some sort of partnership going on there. So yeah, there's a the the, VAD, the Volkswagen Audi group is quite quite huge. It's been large for a long time. Who's the um? Is it is it Cooper or yeah? So Cooper is another new company that is gonna. It doesn't make EVs. It makes one EV, but it's um. Cooper used to be a sub brand of Seat. Used to be the, used to be their GTI sort of thing. So you'd have a a Leon Cooper, and that would be the sporty version. So Cooper got fanned out into a separate company 2019, 20, 2018 and they just make they've, they've got a few of their own vehicles now but they were making just sporty versions of Seat with different branding. Interesting. So obviously that's, you know, we've got a lot and you know, when we look over the pond in the States and you've got again huge numbers of car companies, you know and brands that people recognise and I'm, we're starting to see a lot of these companies start to pivot either existing models or new models Mm-hmm into EVs. So where where are we on that journey? So if we take for example, if I give you maybe a couple of examples of classic combustion cars from big makers. So the ones I particularly think of are like the Volkswagen Golf, yep. um the Vauxhall Astra, maybe something like the oh the Ford Focus. And and I do apologize to our American listeners, I don't know American cars. So maybe Alex you can help out a little bit there. But yeah. Yeah. We'll go for those three. So the the Golf did have an electric version a little while ago called the E-Golf, and they've stopped making that now. So everything that Volkswagen is going to be focusing on now is the ID range. ID3, ID4, ID5, and then the, the ID Buzz and all that sort of stuff. So the, the Golf is not going to be part of Volkswagen's future going forward. It's going to be... It's there at the moment. There's a new one that came out a little while ago. So it's there in hybrid form and combustion form, but it, that won't be part of VW's future going forward, um, which is interesting. And they are styled very differently as well. I've seen a couple of the IDs. They are not taking that, that golf styling or... Um, so, is the... Okay, now my knowledge of this... Is it the ID... Is it the ID3 would be about the equivalent of a golf? Yeah, the ID... Make, when you make a car electric, it, it comes up with some interesting side effects, basically. So the, the wheelbase of an ID3 is the same as a golf. Because you can stretch the interior space and you can move the... There's nothing. There's no engine in the mid. There's no engine in the front, so you can move the you can move the cabin forward. You can do different things, and the so the wheelbase of the ID3 is the same as a Golf, so it's gonna be easy to park and stuff. But the interior space is that of a Passat, so you, another class jump. Just that packaging is it, it it reveals some interesting side effects. So that is a good point because again, you know, the battery is literally in most cars, it's literally underneath the passenger cabin. Yep. If the electric car has been done from the scratch, then the, the the floor will be batteries. If it's been done post, it's a bit different. But yeah, the the ID range the ID range is, is looking quite good. The software isn't the best at the moment, apparently, um, for what I've seen. But they should improve that at some point. So that's the that's the Golf, the course that's the Astra you mentioned. So the Astra up until recently was still the older one post uh, sorry pre uh, Stellantis takeover. So that was still using GM bits. They just launched a whole new Astra, so it's completely different. It's based on a Peugeot, um, and there will be an electric version coming out next year that they've said with qu- quite interesting figures. So, and what about on the Ford side? So 
the very start of this sort of commercialization of electric vehicles started about 10 years ago uh, or 10 11 years ago so 2010 that's when the leaf came out um and ford tried in america the focus electric in 2011 uh it didn't have much range um it was a bit of an experiment i think that's the only thing they've done um at the, at the moment ford don't have anything in that size that's electric the only thing they've got stateside and this side is the mustang Mackie, their suv yeah which isn't exactly isn't exactly an should we say isn't exactly an accessible vehicle really is it for for it's most quite expensive yeah yeah um now we, we talk about the nissan leaf i will say i've had the pleasure of being driven around in a nissan leaf wonderful i mean i personally like the styling of a leaf yep but if i remember correctly its range is shall we say not amazing the first model, because it came out the very start, it's got about 100 miles of range. But the, the the newer one has got much better range. I think it's 200 and something. 250, I think. So the the newer one is, is up to up to speed with the rest of the vehicles. That's good. And, and as you said with the Corsa, you are seeing a price premium on that jump to electric. So it's you're not going to get necessarily an EV version of your favourite little fear to your favourite little... I mean, again, and with that whole big um, Citroen company, I know that they've got a lot of stuff in their range in terms of EVs. It's it's quite interesting to see so many... Like I was watching uh, YouTube ads, and the... Yeah, so the Volvo C40 Recharge I've seen advertised. How, how, because obviously with Volvo having that spin-off with uh, Polestar, a, a separate company, it's interesting to see them doing EVs as well. Yeah, they've got. I think they've got two. They've got the XC40 little SUV, and they've got the C40, which is like the coupe-ish one. It is a bit weird having two companies that are related. I guess, I guess there are people that are quite brand loyal to Volvo and don't want to move away from. I guess that's probably why. There's something about Volvo, isn't there, in terms of its brand recognition and its how. <laughs> How to put it politely? Um, st- status. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what I mean. What, what, so, what do you think, man, Alex? Is one is maybe from a from what you know a known car manufacturer? If you were to say pick maybe one or two models at the moment that really stand out to you, either things that are out now or things that are coming down the pipeline, but you would say watch out for these. These are potentially going to be really good. The one ones that are coming soon. Probably that Aura Funky Cat EV that's coming out. That's such a good price point, and it looks quite cool as well. We can there'll be a, I guess you'll put a link in the description for it. Um, but yeah, that looks quite retro. It's it's nothing like we've seen before. I don't think it looks a, some interesting light light effects at the back. That's quite quite good for the price. Okay. And then also the the one that is out at the moment is some of the MG ones actually. I think that they got the uh, MG ZS EV. So that's, from memory, it's quite a good price. There is a petrol version as well, which is actually quite actually quite cheap, really, for what it is. But there is a, the EV one seems quite popular. I've seen quite a few around where I live. So that's one to look out for. There are some more premium hatchbacks, like the Honda E and the Mini E. Um, but they're, for the price they are, the range isn't quite as good as it should be. No, I did see a Mini E. I saw one the other week when I was up north. Amazingly, yeah, the Northerners have electric vehicles, and I mean, sorry to all my Northern friends, I am a Northerner. I can make this joke. I'm allowed to get away with that joke, um, <laughs> but it's interesting. So that nicely, we we talk about range and we talked about range and belief. 
Let's talk a little bit about range and charging, particularly, and again, I apologise to our US listeners, our experience is probably quite UK-centric, so what I will say at this point is we, I would love to, you know, in the comments or email, share your stories of range, share your stories of charging networks uh, where you are, we'd love to hear that, but... Alex, first of all, sort of where, where do we stand now in terms of sort of what would be an acceptable range that you'd be looking at out of an EV on the market today? I'd say about 200 miles, personally. That's probably quite a good level for everyone. I mean, one big thing that people might miss is that you might look at how many miles an electric car can do that you're going to buy. How often are you going to do 200 miles in one go? And how many miles on average do you do a day? So back when I, work, back when I worked at office, not from home, I would do 15 miles there, 15 miles back, so that's 30 miles a day. That's that's not going to touch the sides of a of a modern electric car, really. And you could get away with charging that every three or four, four or five days, potentially. Admittedly, you have got those longer journeys that you want to do, but the speed of which the charging network is... Sorry, the speed at which you can charge off the charger network is actually quite... If you've got a modern electric car, it's actually quite rapid, really. I mean, you can get... Most cars can now do 0 to 80% in half an hour off the DC fast... The DC fast charging, yeah. There's quite a, a mix of charging standards around. Is that still a big concern, or there's about three from memory? The top one of the yeah the the, the most popular one in in Europe in this country is is CCS. So it's got that weird like mushroom shape. Five <laughs> best I can yeah. So that's got two. That's that's for DC, and then also in the same connector you can use a Type Two. So that's what I think that's what Tesla use. Ah, uh, okay. So it's something. It's a bit more universal. So if you're having a, you know, particularly because a lot of people who have EVs will want to have them install a charging point installed if they own the property. Yep. Will want to have something installed at home. So I'm assuming most people would go for a CCS charger here in the UK. Well, if you have one at home, you'll generally end up with a Type Two. So it's it's half of that CCS plug. That's AC charging. That one. You'll get the speeds you can get off a off a home a home electrical system. Generally, the the CCS ones use where you have got DC fast charging. When we talk about the the charging network in this country, it's actually quite, especially in America as well, that's going to open up. Tesla are actually opening up their supercharger network to third party EVs, which is m- amazing news. Oh, because um, there's Tesla have obviously poured a lot of money into developing their charging network, um, and to allow people to charge their non Teslas at those points, it's actually quite a good thing, really. Yeah, that is a big deal. Yeah, the the way you pay is a bit different. So with a Tesla, you, your account is on the Tesla. As soon as you plug the car in, it knows that it knows who you are, and then it will just debit your account. So if you've got a, a non-Tesla, you have to use the, the app on your phone to activate the charger and then pay that way. But um, there's some other stuff as well. The um, Shell uh, have been they've turned one one uh, petrol station forecourt in London somewhere. Can't remember the exact area of london but they've they've basically stripped out a petrol forecourt and putting an ev forecourt wow so it, it's a load of uh, it's like a got a canopy it's got a costa coffee shop it's got a mark suspensers i think and you got at least 10 or 15 different chargers that you can you can charge at and then there's a, like an availability board at the front as well also oh, instead so instead of prices it's an availability board. say so, hey yeah tells you which ones they're sort of a little bit not a little bit behind but um one company that has really been the forerunner in that space like the sort of forecourts is grid serve so on the motorway system in this country you've got um i think it was called electric highway well not electric highway 
I can't remember the exact name for that charging company that did all the motorways, but Gridso have bought them a little while ago and have improved their uh, reputation a little bit. They've also opened two of these electric forecourts, so it's these massive, well, not massive, but these big buildings, two floors. They've got all chargers outside in the canopy. They've got Tesla chargers as well. They've got cafe, Marcus, uh, they've got a shop as well, and they've also got what they call an EV experience center. So if you just want to rock up with your in your normal car and want to learn a bit more about EVs, you can go there, test drive your, test drive a car, learn a bit more about it, and that's great. They've got two so far. They've got one in Norwich uh, that opened a little while ago, and they've got one in Braintree as well. Uh, that's in Essex. So those things are popping up all over the place. So so we are seeing more EV chargers. So I guess, you know, the big thing a lot of people, when you talk about EVs, we talk about charge anxiety. Yeah. And, you know, are you ever going to run out of charge? Would you say we're at a point in the UK where if you've got the patience, you could, with careful planning, make it around the UK on the charging network? I reckon you could, yeah. I reckon it's possible. Um, a friend a friend of mine was on a trip down to Devon um, last year, and he had to, he had, I think he had three issues with chargers at, um, at motorway service stations. So that's a, that's a little bit why Grid Server sort of have bought the company and are improving them because they're a little bit dodgy. I think eco ecotricity, I think it's called. That was it. Yeah, I think I think it's possible if you're, especially in a Tesla or a um, Mustang Mach E, or for example, those are two I know of that have predictive planning built in to the sat nav, so it will know where you're going, how much range you're going to have. It will adapt itself to how badly or well you're driving, and then um, it'll it will tell you where to go and charge. So which is, which is quite good. That is really good. So we are, and I'm seeing more and more EV charges. Where was I? Um, where was I today? No, it was yesterday. It was actually at the job centre. Okay. So it looks like we've got charging points for the DWP staff. Okay. Yeah. Like, hmm. I didn't realise my tax money was going to charging <laughs> civil servants um, <laughs> ID freeze, but there yeah. we go. But it is. I mean, it's great to see that. And actually, you know, on a serious note. Wouldn't that be such a good thing to give back to NHS staff if your hospital car park, which you have to pay a fortune for anyway, yep. gave you free EV charging for your vehicles? Yeah, it'd be such a good idea. Sort of help lower the CO2 of the NHS a little bit. Yeah, be quite a good idea. I'm seeing charges pop everywhere. Like from, I know Lidl have charges at every one they've got, I think. I haven't seen a Lidl that hasn't got them. Uh, Morrison's are uh, popping up with their own charges. And Tesco have partnered with VW a little while ago and they've got charges at most of their stores. Um, not all of them, which is quite good. And also, uh, where was the other place? I know Ikea's definitely got chargers. Yep, that makes sense for Ikea. I do, I do see a lot more chargers, you know, even near where my parents live, there's a car park near, you know, like the, the park. Yeah. And that's got two charging points. Interestingly, we've reserved one for taxi use. Okay, yeah. Which, I suppose, makes sense. Yeah. One car that is very popular with taxi drivers is the um, MG5 EV. So that's a that hasn't. It's a little estate car, but it hasn't got a petrol equivalent. So it's it's an EV. And I've seen on Twitter quite a few taxi drivers that have got those, done crazy miles in no no amount of time, and they're, apparently they're great. That's good to know. So that brings us on to sort of we talk about you know accessibility. We've got a charging network building up nicely, but what about affordability? Because not everyone can afford an EV. Where are we in terms of affordability? Where are we in terms of filtering down into maybe the used market? Yeah, so there are some... So in terms of the new car market, there's the cheapest new car on sale that's electric is the... As far as I know, it's the Volkswagen uh, E-Up. So it's a, it's a little up city car. 
Um, and it's an electric version they've had. They had a uh, this is second generation now, so that's 19,000, that one, in the UK. Uh, it's about 150, 190 miles of range, depending on how you, how, how you drive it. But the difference with that car is it's not built from the ground up to be an EV. It's just petrol car that's been stripped out and they've shoved in some batteries where they can find space basically not ideal yeah because it's not part of the id range when it's part of the old volkswagen range it's almost like a stopgap until they make a, a smaller id car but it's i mean i haven't driven one but they seem pretty good from what i can see but in the in the rest of the market most electric cars are 25 grand plus really i mean some of the premium hatchbacks i mentioned earlier like the fiat uh, electric, the Corsa and stuff, they're 30 grand plus basically um, it's, hopefully at some point it will get a bit cheaper but something like the the Model 3 that was promised to be a 35 grand car when it came out and it's it's 48 grand onwards at the moment so it's, it hasn't quite got there unfortunately um, and one car I'm hoping that will get launched in this country is from Dacia famously quite a budget friendly brand and over in Romania, their home country and in France, they've got something called the Spring is on sale and if you convert the euro price from france to this country it's 10 grand whoa yeah so that i'm, I'm looking forward to have that car coming here if it does what sort of size is it uh the size is about city car size so it's like uh, slightly bigger than up and up so okay f- f- got five doors it's not massive but yeah there are a few limitations with it um like creature comforts and things but for 10 grand i think you can't really go wrong no, that's really interesting. Um, just so when you said that, that's it. All I could think about was James May in Top Gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Who notoriously were not fans of EVs. No. But hey, in terms of the used market, are we starting to see EVs filter down into the used, or does it not kind of work that way with EVs? Yeah, it does. So the what we mentioned the Nissan Leaf from earlier, the the, the first generation that from that car is about ten years old. There are some models on sale on, on the internet, about seven, six or seven grand. You'll still get the 100 miles range out of it if you drive carefully. So, I mean, and there are some Renault, Zo- Renault Zoe's on sale for about the same sort of price from 2015 era. So okay. they get, they're getting there. Yeah, they are starting to get, you know, if you've got a little bit more money for a used car, they're starting to get there. That's really good. It might even get cheaper because at the moment we've got this massive uh, surge in prices for everything, so especially especially cars. So uh, maybe in the future when everything sorts itself out, that might get a bit cheaper. And then the, fi- the final question I really want to touch on with you is about environmental and particularly cost concerns in terms of the charging and the, you know, the the charging costs and the environmental impact because everybody says electric vehicles are better for the planet but then other people say well hang on a second you're charging your car off the electricity network which is still predominantly gas or coal my viewpoint and i'd love to hear your take on this is well yes that's true but you're then not adding a second combustion fuel source into the mix you're not adding extra pollution that power station is running anyway is producing that pollution you're not then adding to it is that a fair assessment yeah it has to be said i've heard some other people say this before that in running an old car for a long amount of time it's a lot better for the environment than buying a brand new one basically so if you if you're the sort of person that leases a car every two years the energy gone into producing that car from brand new is actually quite extortionate so it is better sort of to keep an older car running for longer and keep that maintained. But in terms of what comes out the back of the car, it's nothing with an electric car. And yeah, you you are 
whatever you put in the car is coming from somewhere else. But at some point last year, the year before, I think we had a hit a target of not running the coal power stations for X amount of time, uh, which is amazing. So every day there are more. It's not like the whole energy source for the coal country is going to be st- stuck in one place for a amount of time. Every day there's, there's, they're adding more panels, more solar panels, more wind turbines, everything. So it's actually going to go up of what's going to where it's going to come from. Yeah, obviously you could. There are some people with, with more money that have done it themselves at their own home. You've got the solar panels on the house, you've got a Tesla Powerwall, and it stocks itself up with the power in the day, and then it charges your car. So you're, there's nothing you're doing that's bad, basically. So that's that's one option if you've got the cash to do it. In terms of what comes out the back of the car, it's it's obviously there's there's nothing that comes out of it. So yeah, that's really good. And of course, you know, uh, we're starting to see more and more. Lots of example bulb. The electricity supply, admittedly, not in a great shape. They are all technically bailed by the government, but they do an EV charging tariff where you can save money by charging overnight. So you get like a period of cheap electricity to, to charge, which is really good. I, I, you know, I personally believe EVs are great. And I think a, my, a good friend of mine, Josh, whose dad owns the Leaf, and he, he was the one who drove me around in it. He said to me, actually, we've had to make it so that at low speed, these EVs actually make some sort of audible, almost like engine noise, so you know that they're coming. Yeah, I was in a car park and one reversed out behind me. And I think without that noise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know it was there. So it's just, they make like that weird hum noise as they're reversing, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. It was a you know, great experience. I didn't, you know, I felt no less safe in an EV than I would do in a normal car. And there's no reason to feel less safe. They are... You know, they are manufactured to the same standard. If anything, you've not got a bunch of petrol riding around with you. Admittedly, you do have a load of lithium-ion, but still. And I think, for me, it seems like EVs are becoming more accessible. As you said, we talked about the charging networks more accessible. How long, if I were to say to you now, how long do you think it will be before, you know, the average working person, you know, maybe, you know, a customer service rep or, you know, someone working at Aldi or Lidl, We'll be able to say, actually, my next car will be an EV, and I can affordably do that. It will have to be by the cut-off date. The car companies will have no choice but to work out a, a way of making them cheaper. Otherwise, they won't. They won't, no one will buy them. <laughs> so they they won't have any new. They don't make money off people buying used cars. So they're going to have to work out a way of making them cheaper in ten years' time. We've come an extremely long way since 2010. An extremely long way things have got more efficient they've got cheaper um so another 10 years on well nine years on will be a, a long ways there i think very good point i'm i'm looking forward to that future i'm you know on a whole different subject obviously we look at evs not all evs are going to be self-driving but obviously you've got the promises from tesla of full self-driving well that's another episode entirely on its own and requires a lot of detailed research onto how that AI, AI works. Because from my understanding, the only way that someone like myself with my visual impairments is going to be able to drive is once we hit level five autonomous driving, where there's no human intervention required whatsoever. Yeah. And those sort of cars won't look like the sort of cars we have today with, you know, with interfaces, I, I don't think. And I don't even think, to be honest... I don't even think those sort of cars will be something you would buy. They'll probably be almost like... Do you remember, Did you ever see um, Total Recall with the Johnny Cabs? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay. No. So there's a, I'll put a, a, I'll try and find a clip and put it into the show notes. If I can't, I apologise for this. But it was the idea is that you would call this car 
it will be self-driving and it would just be a sh- like a taxi service but without a human driver so you're just paying for the mileage not the person's time hmm. it's interesting yeah it'd be interesting to see how long that takes to get there absolutely they have to be powered by evs to make them affordable so let's see how that does Alex, thank you so much for your time again. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. That's right. Um, where can people find you on Twitter, etc.? So yeah, um, so yeah, they can find the interface at the underscore interface underscore um, over on Twitter and the interface website at theinterface.uk. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. My pleasure. So you can follow us at CrosswiresMG. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode at crosswires.net. And, of course, check out the YouTube channel, crosswires.net forward slash YouTube. And drop us an email at podcast at crosswires.net. I'd love hearing from people, so please do reply to us on Twitter. Post a comment in the comment section on this post. Or, if you're a Good Pods listener, check, you know, rate us on Good Pods, leave a comment there. And, of course, the final thing to mention if your podcasting client, your podcasting app, has a way to review us or give us a thumbs up or mark us as awesome, we would really appreciate that. It helps promote the show and it helps more people hear my uh, my amazing voice and my guests' amazing voices as well. Uh, until the next episode, folks, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>